Hi, this is Sandy Rios. Well, I'm back. I'm back now in a different format. This is going to be my very first podcast. And I have to tell you, as a person who's done live radio for so many years, a podcast is very different. So I'm kind of nervous. So you're going to have to be patient with me as I get my sea legs on this new venture and learn all these new things. Uh, you would be surprised how many new things there really are. You would think they'd be so similar. But um, it's really a joy. This is the first podcast for Sandy Rios 24-7, Sandy Rios 24-7. And I would like to say that I am very, very happy to have a, such a great uh, sponsor for these opening shows. Preborn is um, an organization that I, I really, really uh, trust in. And so it's my honor to have them support us. You know, becoming a mother has been the biggest gift of my life, and that's really true. And now being a grandmother even adds to that joy. The miracle of life is a gift that every baby deserves. But our society has brainwashed us to think that these precious lives are nothing more than a blob of tissue. And since Roe vs. Wade, over 63 million babies' lives have been taken. And that's why... I've partnered with Preborn Pregnancy Clinics to help rescue babies, and we'd love for you to join us. Preborn introduces babies to their mothers through ultrasound. After hearing the heartbeat and seeing that beautiful baby, she is 80% more likely to choose life. And through love and compassion, Preborn has seen over 65,000 commitments to Christ and over 200,000 babies saved. One ultrasound is just $28, or you can sponsor five ultrasounds for $140, helping to rescue five babies. Any amount will help, and all gifts are tax-deductible. To donate security, dial pound 250 and say keyword baby. That's pound 250, baby. Or go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. And tell them Sandy sent you. All right, sit back, relax, and enjoy the first edition of Sandy Rios. 24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. That we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice. Not social justice, but God's justice, what's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association, a pro-life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. The civil and human rights of the January 6th protesters being violated. The Democrats want to destroy President Trump and those January 6th defendants, they're a pawn in their political game. This is the biggest crackdown on freedom of speech in the history of our constitutional republic. Those involved must be held accountable. And there is no higher priority for us at the Department of Justice. We're in the D.C. DOC Correctional Facility. Psychologically damaging, torturous, and inhumane here. It's been over 17 months since my kids have seen their dad. If they put me in prison, it'll probably kill me. Matt's civil rights were violated, and his mental health was deteriorated. You've got the might of the federal government against the individual. The only way it stops is if tens of millions of Americans stand up and refuse to be intimidated. 
All right, Sandy Rios with you. This is uh, just past the second anniversary of the day when hundreds of thousands of patriots converged on the Capitol because they thought that the 2020 presidential election was suspicious. They thought it was strange that a man who campaigned in his basement and could not draw more than a handful of people when he did go publicly versus a man who was drawing thousands all over the country, President Trump, uh, could prevail, actually, that the man in the basement could prevail and deliver, receive more votes than Barack Obama even got. That didn't make sense. We could talk about the breakdown of all the irregularities, but just common sense told us something's not right. And so when the Congress was convened the Electoral College to accept the Electoral College votes, uh, many people, many, 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 many good people who listened to me on the radio went there on January 6th in good faith to support their president and to encourage the Congress to delay the voting of the electoral votes, which were in reasonable question. Certainly constitutional, nothing illegal about it. Uh, The situation in the Capitol got out of hand, and we know the rest of the story. Uh, We know now that many, many, many have been incarcerated around the country in pre-trial hearings, detention hearings. Uh, They have been tortured by Nation of Islam guards who hate them. They've been cut off from outside. They've been sometimes not able to communicate with their attorneys. They have been beaten. They have been withheld from just nutrition and sanitation. It is a shame of the nation. In fact, what you just heard was the trailer of that uh, documentary by the same name produced by Newsmax, Shame of a Nation. And so with that in mind, I felt it was very appropriate that we spend this very first podcast Uh, discussing what's happening now two years after that event. Uh, We've got uh, Jonathan Mellis is going to join us today from the D.C. jail. So we'll be talking to him directly there. His girlfriend, Kelly Wilde, is going to join us to kind of tell us the circumstances. And Tim Rivers, who's a former IBM executive. Uh, Tim somehow got involved with the J6ers. He's the guy who's developed J6 PatriotNews.com, which is a resource that's just terrific about all that they're doing. He's the one that kind of organized their book, American Gulag Chronicles, all of which we want to talk about, uh, and much more. And so, Tim, uh, I want to ask you first, because I don't think I've ever asked you this, what was that thing, what was that incident, as you're a citizen, retired IBM executive, and you're watching the news or hearing things, what was that thing that grabbed you that said, I've got to do something about this? Um. Well, obviously, you know, the, I think the election grabbed all of us by some very strange places, and, and that's what got me started using um, Patriot Mail Project um, to communicate with some of the people from January 6th. And the very first letter that I actually received back from an inmate was from Jeff McKellop, um, who is a pretty much an American hero, an amazing individual. And, um, and his letter, um, I don't know what happened. I am kind of like throwing, you know, gas on a spark or something. It's just... Really, um, it turned me into this personage called Furious Tim, that this was being <laughs> done to American citizens, to people who were basically um, exercising their constitutional rights, just like I do all the time as an activist in my hometown, and, and are suddenly being not only persecuted by the government, but you know, actively trying to destroy these people and their families. And that was an outrage that I, I don't think... Um, I don't think anybody who really believes in our country can turn aside for that, but I certainly could not. And so that one letter, I, I keep telling Jeff, man, you have no idea what, what four pages of paper and a pencil did to me um, and, and has done to so many others. 
who communicate with these people and learn the truth um, from their own hands about what happened on January 6th and what's being done to them because of it. So I would say that was it. I mean, I I have to give Jeff uh, full fault and credit for that, that, um, that, that that letter started me on a path that was hard to turn from. And as I wrote and communicated with more and more people in the gulags, including some extremely... Um, extremely dedicated American-loving patriots and veterans, um, that it, it was really a hard thing just to turn your back on what was going on, because it, it was it was evident that you were next. Anybody who, who dared to speak out um, for what they considered to be proper in the operations of our government would instantly now become a target of that administration. And, uh, and, the, and that's what and, got it going. And it's really blossomed into something so much bigger than any, any one individual. Um, so I, I guess that letter is in that book, the American Gulag Chronicles letter from prison. And people can read it for themselves, and maybe it'll set them on fire, too. But certainly the rest of the letters and the art and the poems and the stories that came out of these American gulags and these prisoners, um, it will set you on fire. It will make you cry. Um, I don't. I don't think if you have any emotive energy left in you after these last couple of years, that you'll be able to turn aside from these people. Yes, and that, let me just say that you, everything Tim said is true. The American Gulag Chronicles is powerful. It's beautiful. Uh, if that can, if that makes sense, the artwork in there is uh, a lot of in part, large part, by Marie Goodwin, who's frequent guest on my radio show, Marie has a son who has been uh, um, held uh, uh, in pretrial detention. He was a journalist who just happened to be in the Capitol on that day, and yet he was punished for being there by, it's cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars. All of the stories that are related to January 6th are heart-wrenching, heart-wrenching. Jerry Perna, who was in that opening of uh, the Shame of a Nation uh, tape that we just played a few minutes ago, the promo for that movie, was our guest talking about how her nephew, Matthew, killed himself. Oh, it's just, it's a horrible story, uh, no matter how you look, and we're going to try to lay out at least more detail for you today as, as best we can. Now, uh, Tim, just to confirm, American Gulag Chronicles can be ordered at j6patriotnews.com. Is that correct? Yes, it, it can. And, and even easier to remember is lettersfrompris.us. We'll take you straight to the order page. Uh, we are sold out of the first round run, which was a tentative run that was financed by all the members of our board. And if we get a chance, I'll try and introduce you to this uh, new corporation that is dedicated to spreading the word and to helping J6ers um, with the proceeds of this book. Okay. But the um, yeah. lettersfromprison.us or yep. j6patriotnews.com. If you go to the j6patriot news site, you can read these prisoners' letters, listen to their live interviews, um, and basically meet them yourself. Um, put aside any, um, hey, that was a commentator, or gee, that was his own personal opinion, and everybody's got one of those. Listen to what these folks have to tell you in their own voices, in their own words, and, um, and I think that's the best kind of truth you can have is first person. I do, too. And I, I want to also say for Pete, I have, you know, so many listeners from the radio show who are now listening to the podcast, Tim, and many of them have been writing to the prisoners. And for those of you that have, Tim has been behind that, PatriotMailProject.com. And for those of you who, who haven't, I could tell you firsthand that writing to those guys is just so enriching. They're, they, I've used their mail on the air because it's so moving to me. To hear what they're saying, it's patriotmailproject.com. But, Tim, let's get specific because people, some people are listening and they don't really understand. And we can't talk about everything. It's too long. But just briefly, let's talk about today. 
Do you know how many prisoners are still incarcerated? We have um, over 90 people still incarcerated in the United States um, for this. And unfortunately, uh, the, the sweep continues. They are still arresting people to this day, although many of them are being released because of the, um, I think, the incredible amount of outcry from the American people about those who have been incarcerated and denied their due process and discovery. But this goes on to today. They have just recently, they've snatched up a bunch more people, and they say their intent is, you know, maybe a number around 2,000. Anybody who was in that imaginary geofence zone um, that they created after the fact and then declared that a restricted area. So these folks are incarcerated in multiple prisons. Uh, the worst that we talk about is the D.C. Gulag, um, which is the Department of Corrections C2B um, in what they call the CTF facility. The, uh, it, it is truly a, an abandoned facility that was brought back um, from uh, near destruction by uh, to be torn down and rebuilt in order to house these people in the worst conditions possible. There are others in northern Neck, Virginia, that are in also a very bad situation. But gradually, some of these people, through the intervention of the U.S. Marshals and perhaps even through the intervention of some of the uh, wardens who have gotten tired of having their phone mail and their, their uh, letterboxes destroyed by people protesting against the way these people have been treated, have begun to move them into places like Rappahannock and other facilities where they are it's much more the environment that the government and our processes demand that pre-trial defendants be kept in. And so I guess that's a little bit of light in the tunnel, but many of these people are languishing in some very, very horrible places with people who are truly convicted murderers and rapists. Um, and so far their crime is only being charged with trespassing or picketing or, or obstructing. Um, so I think that's, that's concerning um, that we both have a destructive, maybe Department of Justice that has been weaponized politically. And then we have a cooperative uh, Bureau of Prisons environment where these people are put through the, the meat grinder in order to break them down enough for the Department of Justice to make them take pleas or to uh, debilitate their ability to defend themselves. And that's why our fight continues for these people and is actually spreading to those who are released, because we have many people in jeopardy uh, emotionally, financially. Uh, their families have been destroyed. Their incomes are destroyed. They've been fired from their jobs and pilloried by their landlords. And I mean, it's an awful story of, uh, an in-depth destruction based upon your political belief um, and your activism. So I, I think this uh, extends beyond our poor incarcerated patriots to um, to the other almost a thousand that are uh, basically uh, either released in a waiting trial or being charged or, or being arraigned. And then that spreads almost um, exponentially because of the size of their families and the collateral damage that occurs to the family unit and to these people's lives when they are assailed by something as vast as the Federal Department of Justice. It is. is so, not is a good really, picture, but you can, uh, listen, we try to keep up with that. And there is a uh, huge and growing support community for these people, both incarcerated and released. Um, and organizations like, like the American Gulag Chronicles, Inc., that we formed um, and that I signed over all rights to for this book, as well as numerous sites that you can find on our J6 Patriot news page, are all in this fight together, are all attempting to save as many patriots as possible from this meat grinder 
of injustice. Yes, um, you know, and I urge well, you, somewhere in this group, there is a group that needs you if you're a listener. Yeah. Um, it's, it's Very good. Hey, Tim, let me, let, let me just say, you know, the title, The Shame of the Nation, uh, for that uh, uh, documentary from Newsmax, I think is just perfectly named. And that's what you're describing. I wish we had more time to go in more depth, but I think probably the thing we need to do is tell at least one story. And we have, we in just a few minutes, we're going to go to the D.C. jail and talk to Jonathan Mellis. But I think his girlfriend, Kelly, uh, is on the line with us. Is that true, Julie, are you Kelly Wild? Are you with us? Hi, Sandy. I am. I'm here. Hi, Kelly. You know what? The description I keep getting is you're the girl, girlfriend of Jonathan Mellis. I'm sure that there are other things about your life, but I do, what do you have a? Are you what? What else do you do, Kelly? Um, actually, honestly, most of my life has been dedicated to this cause. I have a I have an office job that I I moved to Nashville to get away from DC, and uh, the office job was just a placeholder. But it's been a great placeholder because I have full-time activity with trying to get the people's stories out and helping yeah. John and helping the guys in the D.C. jail and all of that. So um, to be honest, not much else other than January 6th. It's definitely been a full-time dedication. Well, I understand that. You know, I've often thought, you know, I cover so many things. And if I, ha- if I could, if I didn't feel the need that I needed to cover all the other horrible things that are happening, I would dedicate. Yeah. I would dedicate my time to this too, Kelly. I get it. And now, let we we have a few minutes here, and I want to. I would love to have Jonathan's story a bit. I just be, so he doesn't have to tell it when he gets with us on the jail uh, from the jail. Why was Jonathan in the District of Columbia on January sixth? John is very interested in local politics. He was very involved with. Um, the Williamsburg, Virginia GOP, and he was thinking about running for an office, and his dad is a two-time combat veteran and a lifetime civil servant who was really interested in geopolitics and things like that. So John just pays a lot of attention, and so he had come up to the D.C. area for a couple of those earlier Stop the Steel rallies, if you remember, there was November and December. And um, anyway, he came in January. He had a backpack and, you know, a bunch of, like, you know, Powerades and snacks in there. And um, he was just kind of wandering and enjoying the electricity of the atmosphere. I was there with him in November, and I remember coming home high, you know, just high off of the buzz of all of that love. I called my mom, who went to Woodstock in 69, and I said, Mom, it was like <laughs> Woodstock for patriotic Americans. <laughs> so I, would, I didn't go on January 6th, but what John said is that it was the most emotional crowd he's ever been in his life, and I can only imagine that that was just amplified the feelings that I had from November. And um, anyway, he wandered over to the... Um, the West Terrace tunnel area. And, um, you know, it was just a sea of people and everybody's shoulder to shoulder. You can't really see too far ahead. And so he was kind of just curious, you know, what was going on because it was kind of a ruckus going on. And he was sort of getting into this, you know, amateur filmmaking. He has the desire to, to make some films actually when he gets out. Um, and so he's kind of coming up there with his camera and, um, he ended up locking eyes. I mean, finally you can see the situation and he locked eyes with, um, Justin Winchell, who was yelling, please, somebody help. My friend is getting killed here. And uh, there's about five minutes of a body cam footage of all of the shouts for help um, that Justin Winchell was just, I mean, shrill, um, just in desperate need. And so John, uh, somebody gave John a stick and he tried to see if he could get this officer off of, I mean, um, this officer was on top of 
Roseanne, you know, beating her with Roseanne a Boylan. object in the head and neck. Roseanne and Boylan, let me be specific. The guys that were um, around that area. But anyway, he, he was unfortunately part of that scene. It was really brief. Um, it was only 10 seconds of his life before he realized this is uh, awful and I need to get out of here. And he um, And he left and he was pretty haunted by wondering what happened to her only later found out that she had died which was its own terrible grief witnessing someone being murdered i mean and the chaos that happened that in that situation too i've met several of the men who attribute others for saving their lives that day namely tommy tatum who gets emotional about the whole experience and thanks the men for pulling him out of the bottom of that pileup but anyway it was just sort of a, ha- a really bad police uh, response that created a chaos that resulted in a woman's death, and John was one of a few dozen men who are being held in the D.C. jail who witnessed it. Let me interject. Uh, the, he was the uh, person beating was a female, as I recall, uh, not a Capitol Hill policeman, but a D.C. policeman. Is is that right, Tim? Wasn't she a D.C. policewoman? That's right. So she was a uh, Metro police officer named Phila Morris. And actually, there's a really amazing video. Um, the body cam footage is really hard to tell what's going on. It's, you know, shaky. It's at your chest. It's pixelated. But someone has a video of uh, a farther away shot. And she is, I mean, absolutely animated. She's energetic, beating, beating, whacking, whacking, two hands with a stick. Finally, one of the people, it may have been um, Ronald McAbee, was able to pull um, Roseanne Boylan out from under that area to administer CPR. And as soon as the body comes out from under Lila Morris, she literally freezes. She goes from full-blown vigor to just frozen, and she puts her hand on her stomach as if, you know, it, she puts her hand on her stomach to her mouth, back to her stomach, and she grabs the woman or officer, whoever, next to her, behind her, kind of on the arm to say, oh, my God, look, look. It was like she came to out of just this blackout or something it may have been rage i don't know or maybe fear um but it, it through all of her body armor and the shield and the mask and everything her body language is so telling and we know i mean there's been this use of force expert uh who epic times engaged and we can look at all the protocol manuals and what lila morris did was not to protocol and Tommy Tatum, who was a protester witness that day, um, he he said that she had he was right next to her, and he, she had color in her face until she was getting hit by that that stick. And um, the DC medical examiner um, didn't mark a single mark on her body. I mean, she was getting beat, she was getting stepped on, she was bleeding from her nose. There should have been some sort of markings. Instead, they ruled that she had died of a drug overdose from too much Adderall. But I have yes. another co-defendant whose mother is a, is a nurse and, over, and looked over the toxicology report. And so there was nothing toxic in her bloodstream. And only after some very intrepid citizen journalist reporting um, were we able to get the attention of Roseanne Boylan's family. I'm not directly in touch with her, but, but the family was fun- finally, their suspicions were raised and they hired a separate, um, you know, autopsy to be done. And and th- that autopsy came to different conclusions. And I mean, I there's I don't understand why the left is so willing to throw us under the bus. For the first time, the right is saying, "Look, we saw a really poorly executed police response, and we saw excessive force that resulted in someone's death. We need some we need some reform here." But the left just wants us to all rot rot in hell, you know. I mean, uh, they they did. Just, 
the police supposedly did the same thing to George Floyd. And I've tried to make that analogy to try to get people on the left to see through their hate, you know, for their just instant reaction for, for us in that day. But well, Kelly. Originally, they said George Floyd died of a drug overdose, and then, I mean, yeah. whether accurately or not, the courts later determined that no, it was excessive police force that killed him. Well, and Kelly, one of the it, problems it, it, is what, of course, it's not just the left that is ignoring; it's the Republicans, and that's why uh, the current battles uh, in the House and in the last election are so crucial because uh, Republican establishment, including Mitch McConnell, who's been horrific on this topic. Uh, has done nothing, and neither has Kevin McCarthy. Uh, they haven't done anything to protect or defend, uh, and also to just come to the rightful defense of people who have been wrongfully incarcerated and held illegally. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a travesty. Yeah. And so, uh, but th- let me ask you... Be- here. Outside of that day, it's watching the justice system unfold, and I, everybody who's been through it eventually is disillusioned as we are. But this is just so, it's just dire. And we're not talking about whether or not anyone is guilty or innocent at the moment. We're talking about illegal pretrial detention, being denied bond without any criminal history, with deep community ties, with, um, you know, didn't injure anybody. So why are they spending two years in taxpayer dollars being held in solitary confinement? You know, I mean, this kind of stuff is absurd. They're getting withheld all of the evidence that they need to prepare for trial, I mean, on and on and on of all of the violations of basic constitutional rights. Um, and they are getting away with it without attention. I mean, I, I've gotten to know dozens of family members through all of this. And because of, there's just so much to report on and not enough people to do it, I've been able to sort of step in the gap. And I've been helping with getting people's stories out. So I get really familiar with people's stories. I read their motions and everything. And I, I just got familiar with Chris Alberts, who's another U.S. veteran. And um, he was illegally searched that day, illegally arrested. He was charged with unconstitutional charges, uh, which in the District of Columbia, they have pretty strict carrying laws. And he had a gun on him for personal protection. He never drew it. He wasn't even suspected of um, committing any kind of trespass or any kind of crime at the time he was searched. Um, he was actually just whacked from behind in the bat- by a baton of just, I think that I think the MPD were just hopped up on on adrenaline or something. But, um, you know, the Supreme Court stood up for our constitutional rights back in June on this uh, carry law. And um, they actually, the, the district was actually forced to drop these charges that they were bringing against Chris. Now, of course, they superseded him with more unsubstantiated charges. And the, like, the prosecutors withheld the evidence that did exist, but they said it didn't exist, um, of the arrest and things like that. I mean, there's plenty yeah. of misconduct that's still going on. Kelly, let me ask you something. That. Where where can people find your accounts? Is that at the j6patriotnews.com? I love j6patriotnews.com, and that's Tim's site. But John has, has started a website that I've been administering because he's in jail um, called wearegoodmen.com. Anytime that anybody has done a... Uh, a speed, or sorry, an interview, or uh, written a letter, or anything. I I tried my very best to get it posted up on wearegoodmen.com, okay. and you can get to know the men in their own words there, and um, you know, listen okay. firsthand because there there's more than two sides to every story. But I'm certainly we've been rammed with one side, and there's there's another side to tell. So yes. check that Kelly. one out if you, if your audience is interested. Okay, we yeah, wearegoodmen.com. I'll add that to the list, Kelly, and uh, I know it's. It's tough. I can't even imagine. I don't know if people understand 
uh, that these men have lost their jobs. Many have lost their families. They've lost contact with their children. Some haven't seen them in over two years. It's, it is just, oh, yeah. they've it lost truly, everything and been destroyed. And it truly is. It, I mean, the, the prosecutors have a pretty, they have it in the bag. I've looked at the numbers and of every single jury trial, um, I think it's 13 out of 14 of them resulted in a guilty conviction on every single count. So and and the prosecutors charge 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 overcharge. You know, you walk into an area and you get six charges. Okay, so they're facing you know eight ten charges. So if they go to a jury trial, they they'll be convicted of eight or ten charges. They almost inevitably have to take a plea to get out of this early and get a nicer sentence and whatever. Well, if you yeah. plead guilty to a felony, your rights are destroyed ever right. after. Many of the guys have licenses that you cannot be a felon to possess and their entire business you know their livelihoods are based off of their ability to have this license so i mean you're right i mean two years without a job forget it these people are are they need a hundred thousand dollar lawyer they're paying for their mortgages they're taking what would have been their kids college education fund you know just to get out of this alive and it's plus their neighbors plus their neighbors are are they're not their their the community i think matt you know jerry perna was telling told me when I interviewed her about it. That was the reason Matthew killed himself. Was that the they added more charges he wasn't expecting, and the community where he had been so loved because yeah. he was a volunteer everywhere did not support him. Kelly, I think we're going to have to say goodbye to you because you have to go get Jonathan for us in Call the DC John? jail. Right? Sure, I will. And I, but one thing I do want to say too, I think it was the case for Matthew Perna. It's certainly the case for many people. Although they were mostly only just trespassing, they supersede or they've misused this 1512 obstruction of justice charge, which is a very, 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 very serious felony. And they're putting it on these trespassers. The sentencing guidelines for the 1512 charge are the same as assaulting an officer with a, de- with a deadly weapon. So oh. if you plead guilty to that felony, you'll get the same jail time as you would if you actually threw a brick at a cop's head. I mean, oh, so the, the people, yeah, that's, that's five terrible. years in jail. Like you said, it destroys people's lives. Yeah. So the, the pressure w- is enough to make anyone suicidal. And just two weeks ago, I was at AmFest networking to get the word out, and I met a handsome, strong, former DEA, amazing American combat veteran who told me the story uh, of, of how he almost killed himself. He, the day he almost committed suicide, his dog stopped him because of the, the, the pain and suffering of this, the pressure that's been happening because of this experience. So, yeah, it's no joke. It's really, it's really real. Kelly, I, listen, thank you so much. Keep in touch, please. We'll talk to you again. I but me- thank you for giving us yeah. a voice. You've been amazing. Well, I, you're live my prayers all the time. I have to tell you, this is uh, heartbreaking, as you know. So, Kelly, I'm going to yeah. let you go and saying thank you. We're going to bring Tim back up while we wait for you to bring uh, Jonathan to us from the D.C. jail. Thank you, Kelly. Amazing. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you. God bless you, Kelly. All right, Tim, are you still there with us? I am indeed. Been great okay. Been to Kelly. And um, it, yeah, she the uh, only... is one of the unsung heroes who keeps bringing this to the forefront for America. So kudos to her. And, uh, and John is just a great guy. We speak, uh, we speak and text back all the time. And um, I really think he's a huge, a huge voice for those folks inside to, to try and, and uh, bring this closer to America's awareness. Uh, we only have a few minutes before he joins us, uh, unless something goes wrong, which it could, you know. We're going to D.C. jail. It's kind of tricky. Uh, but um, yep. besides J6PatriotNews.com, which tells a lot of stories and has a lot of information on it, 
PatriotMailProject.com, which is where you can go to write to these prisoners. And believe me, you will be blessed more than you're blessing them. And then, of course, you can get the American Gulag Chronicles, which is this incredible book put together uh, beautifully by Tim, Marie Goodwin, and others. Uh, or, and you can go to lettersfromprison.us. You need a pencil when you listen to this podcast. It's lettersfromprison.us to order American Gulag Chronicles. Again, their first printing is just out because they went through them so quickly. It's really, that's a wonderful thing. Is there anything else in this remaining minute? Uh, two minutes, actually, Tim, unless unless something falls through, we might have five minutes. Could you please tell us quickly about Jeremy Brown? <laughs> well, I could go a long time on Jeremy. Jeremy's being held in the Claudia Jail. He's approaching over a year and a half now. Um, although he was in D.C., he did not go into the Capitol. He did not incite violence. He really did pretty much just embarrassed the FBI so badly that the DOJ wants to really uh, pay him back. Um, Jeremy is a, a uh, retired veteran Green Beret. He was the poster boy for Green Beret recruiting for many years. He has served on five continents in probably every place that you would never want to be found in um, and is a basic American hero. And he uh, ran for Congress in 2020. He ran again for the State House here in Florida in 2022, um, he is involved in an advocate for constitutional um, adherence through authority for everybody. Everyone should observe their oath. But Jeremy is in jail because he takes an oath. He is an oath keeper. Um, and the government wants to specifically single out people who have undying allegiance to this nation and constitution um, in order to teach the rest of us a lesson uh, about adherence to authority. Okay, Tim. Is, um, I, that's Jeremy uh, Brown. That's I, wonderful. I look him up. Look him yes, up we will. Tim, we're going to have to say goodbye to you because we have John on the on the phone. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Mellis, who is now in the D.C. jail, has joined us just now. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, uh, hello. Uh, thank you, Sandy, for having me on the show. It's it's a great honor. I'm a big fan, and um, uh, I, I really appreciate your viewers. Uh, they're always so great. Well, thank you, Jonathan. It's our pleasure to do whatever we can. So let me ask you, um, how long have you been in that place? Well, I, yes, ma'am. I've, uh, I've been here nearly two years uh, in the D.C. jail. I have uh, not been afforded visitation or video visitation as well as the rest of the men in here, the J6ers in here. We're in our own pod called the, the, the Patriot, you know, it's called the Patriot Pod by the, by the guards and, and, and by us. Uh, but... Um, we have no visitation uh, for two years. We have uh, uh, been, uh, we were on solitary confinement for about a, the first year of that, um, which is 23 hours or 22 hours uh, a day in our cells. Uh, we endure uh, random beatings by racist and hateful correctional officers. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, this is fairly uh, frequent every, every month or two or a couple of months. Uh, there's always an incident where a guard comes in and uh, has a, a taste for violence and wants to take it out on us uh, because, uh, you know, for whatever reason. Uh, uh, then we, um, we endure uh, uh, brown water out of our uh, sinks for drinking, uh, black mold everywhere. Um, these are just some of the uh, uh, things we endure. Um, I, I, I want to uh, quickly uh, bring your um, and, and and all of this information, by the way, can be found on uh, wearegoodmen.com, which is a website we set up uh, to uh, give voice to all of the J6ers, and uh, uh, you can learn about us in our own words, whether it's video interviews that we've done all around the place, or um, literally uh, letters that we've written for for Gateway Pundit um, that have been published. Uh, 
uh, dozens of which have been written into article form uh, by my girlfriend, Kelly Wilde, who's been an amazing advocate and help uh, for all of the men. And uh, it's Jonathan, just, uh, she's helped us raise with we the just, Gateway we, Pundit. Um, jo- she was We've just with us. We've been able to raise over $2 million directly into our big, uh, bank accounts, uh, and that, that has been uh, facilitated by Kelly Wilde. She's an absolutely amazing patriot. And we love her so much. Jonathan, she was just with us. We had a nice, she talked to to us before you joined us, and she is sweet. She's very sweet, and you are, (laughs) I know that you know that you're very blessed. Now, let me ask you, okay. I am the luckiest man in the world to have (laughs) my side for for two years now, and uh, she she has become such a a legend among the men in here, like I said, because she, she has helped, she has donated for free. This is all volunteer for her. She has donated hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of her time researching and writing articles and helping us raise money directly into our gifts and go accounts, which which goes toward our legal funds and our mortgages and our car payments and our children's school lunches. I mean, it really has has helped these men uh, mitigate the disaster that this is. Um, I, with uh, Before I get over the thank yous, I just want to uh, put... Um, I, I want to add one last thank you uh, to um, um, Mama Mickey. Uh, Mickey Whithoft is the mother of Ashley Babbitt, and we affectionately call her Mama Mickey. She has been here <laughs> holding a nightly vigil, and I encourage all of your audience to come out here and join. Um, and you can find information on this with the live streamers that cover it on wearegoodmen.com as well. Um, Mama Mickey has been holding a nightly vigil for for over five months, every single night with a crowd of patriots and several live streamers outside the D.C. jail. And not only that, but she and her friends have been sitting in on our court cases for the last over five months since August 1st. And uh, she, uh, we call her phone, and there's a loudspeaker, and we're able to address the crowd outside and the live streamers. Uh, and we call in about 8 o'clock every single night, and then we call back about 9 o'clock to do the uh, national anthem with them because we sing the national anthem in this pod together every single night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. So I encourage your audience to please go to wearegoodmen.com and, 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 and see the amazing um, uh, blessing that Mama Mickey has been to this movement. And then there's, there's just so many great patriots that have been, been brought out of the woodwork by this, and, and, and Mama Mickey has been uh, one of the, the greatest... Uh, uh, out of that, and she is such an amazing spiritual leader for us. Uh, I just want to encourage your audience to, you know, please, uh, you know, when January 6th comes around in a couple of days, uh, please, please keep her in your thoughts and prayers because it, it may be a day uh, of significance for all of us, but um, for her, it was, uh, it's, a, it's a very, uh, uh, very uh, poignant and um, um, mournful day because uh, that was the day that her daughter, uh, the great Ashley Babbitt, was, was yeah. murdered on, on, on live TV. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, boy, we remember that well, Jonathan. Right. Let me just say, I uh, yeah. actually, uh, Bruce and I will come to that vigil. Uh, we'll be there Tuesday night. Uh, uh, so I, we will. That will be wonderful. I'm glad you told us that we're going to be. We'll be outside there. We've wondered if we could come and see you, and I see that we cannot do that, but we can be outside. Now, let me ask you a practical question: What's yes, what's Thank happening? You. Like like right now, what's happening in your? What's happening in this moment where you are? Well, I'm sitting uh, here. Uh, there's a uh, what do you mean? Like physically, there's a phone bank with yes. about four phones, and um, uh, the uh, the pod is uh, usually quiet. Um, and uh, we're uh, we're going to be locked down at 
we usually lock down, get locked down about uh, 2.30 or 3 o'clock, depending on the officer on duty, uh, for about an hour or two in the middle of the day. Uh, and then, uh, um, you know, and then, and, and like I said, we spent a year when we first got locked up on solitary confinement. That was 23 hours or 22 hours a day in our cell alone. Uh, now it's lightened up. Um, the pod... Uh, is uh, used to be filled with about 50 or so uh, patriots. Now we've, we're down to 20. Um, and, um, you know, we just, uh, it, it, it's mostly pretty quiet and well, calm. Let, all right, let me ask you something else. I, I had the privilege, you don't have to know this, Jonathan, but I've talked with Shane Rickshaw, and a, I can't remember the other guy's name, but they were having, you at the time I spoke to them, you guys were uh, having Bible study, like t- doing devotions together, like through the walls. Is that still taking place? Yes. Well, uh, the reason why it was doing, we were doing it through the walls, was was because we were on solitary confinement and we couldn't meet in person and actually do a Bible study together. Um, there are Bible studies. We we uh, perform our own, and uh, we've. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Shane and, and, and has been uh, 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 very helpful in, 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 in leading that kind of uh, 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 organized uh, events. Uh, and um, it, it, it's uh, it, the brotherhood that we've built in here has been um, like something I've never experienced before. Um, you know, through all of the uh, terrible um, conditions and uh, environment that we're put in, uh, by jailers who, who frankly hate us. Uh, and it, it has been uh, the one silver lining. Well, there's two silver linings, really. One is the brotherhood that we built in here. The other silver line, of course, is the, the, the community of activists and advocates and, and people who, like Mama Mickey or Kelly Wild, uh, or, I mean, I could go down a whole list. Uh, I'll save you that. But um, there's just so many people. But um, the, the brotherhood in here is, is, uh, is something beautiful. And I... And I I, I, I know it, it does, I don't need to even say it, to know that your audience already knows we are not what the media says we are. We are um, family men, a lot of veterans, um, people who love America. We, 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 we stand by God, family, and Constitution. Um, we are uh, accepting and loving of all races and genders and, uh, you know, uh, creeds and, you know, uh, religions. And, I mean, it, it, it is, it is, it is uh, disheartening to see on the mainstream media we are called all sorts of names and characterized in evil ways when we are not that at all. And we really just hope that, I hope that your audience really, really understands. And, 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 and I, you know, I... Please, please go to wearegoodmen.com. I named it that for a reason. It's because we are men. And um, it is a place where you all in the listening audience can go and get to know us J6ers better in our own words. Don't have people characterize us for us. You can also, uh, I believe we've just started social media stuff, so you can follow us on Twitter, uh, We Are Good Men, J6, and on Getter. <laughs> Thank you, Elon Musk. Thank you, Elon Musk, yeah, <laughs> yes. for the Twitter. Hey, yes. hey Jonathan. Yes. We weren't going to do the Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> really, that's, that's amazing right there. That's a huge announcement. I, we're going to run out of time, so let me ask you, uh, uh, what is the most important thing people can do for you? Is it letters? Is it help it with money for your trials, yes. your attorneys? What is it? Well, get to know 
call us, but it's also contact your congressman. And um, if you go to um, uh, Shane's website, which is um, um, therealj6.com forward slash be the people, okay, that's that, the be the people forward slash be the people, um, there's a call to action. Uh, to congressmen. So contact your congressman. My most important point in that call to action is to investigate the four murders that happened that day. Ashley Babbitt, Roseanne Boylan, Benjamin Phillips, and Kevin Greeson. Roseanne Boylan, if they investigate her murder at the hands of police, they will uncover that over a dozen of us J6ers are facing many, many years in prison for trying to help her. So if they just investigate that one death, you will, you will be helping over a dozen J6ers, myself included, uh, Roseanne Boyland, uh, they claimed she died of a drug overdose. There's, there's no drugs in her system, uh, and they lied about her. They smeared her. She was a good woman who was being nonviolent and was killed. You have one minute left. And was killed hey, by police in front of a crowd of people, and we tried to help. So there's over a dozen facing very serious prison time. So please contact your congressman. Go to Shane's website. Uh, okay. You know, the real J6.com, uh, and, and, and be the people. Jonathan, I want to pray for the you. Father, yep. Father God, I pray for Jonathan right Please now. To- Heaven, Heavenly Father, we pray that you would just give him strength, that you would touch him in a powerful way, more powerfully than before. Fill him with your spirit and his, your strength and encourage his heart and help us to know how best we can help do that. I pray that you'd motivate the people listening to do something, say something, to speak up, to stop this. Jonathan Mellis, uh, thank you so much for joining us. I don't know. We, I'll want to wait till they say goodbye. Do you have anything less to say while they, before they cut you off? Please go to wearegoodmen.com and learn about us. Please. Okay. All right, Jonathan. Thank God you bless for you. Using <laughs> All right. Well, that's the way it happens. Thank you for using Securus. Sounds so nice and uh, and generic, but there it is. That was an incredible opportunity for us to go into the D.C. jail. It's not the first time. It really uh, is very moving to me every time we do that. And by the way, this is Sandy Rios, and you're listening to the Sandy Rios 24-7 podcast. And uh, this is day one. This is our first day. And I'm, uh, I've got sea legs when it comes to doing a podcast, so be patient with me. I'm used to broadcasting. I've been in broadcasting for a long time, a very long time, which is very different. Uh, but um, I am, it's my pleasure uh, to be your host for this new broadcast. And let me remind you that we are being sponsored by Preborn. And Preborn, of course, is uh, a preborn pregnancy clinics are places where girls can go who are, have unwanted pregnancies, and in the process they get ultrasounds, and they're able to see their babies. They don't know they're going for that purpose. They go for counseling. But when they see their babies, uh, almost 80% of them then do choose life. One ultrasound is just $28, or you can sponsor five ultrasounds for $140, helping to rescue five babies. Since Preborn has been in uh, in action, they have actually, because they are a Christian organization, they've seen over 65,000 women uh, commit their lives to Christ because of the ministry of Preborn, just their change of heart about abortion, their baby, and all of it. And they've saved over 200,000 babies. So if you would like to help them... Uh, you can donate securely by dialing pound 250 on your phone. Dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby, <laughs> B-A-B-Y. Dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Or you can go to preborn.com if you're old school like me. Go to preborn.com and that's preborn.com and tell them that Sandy sent you. Tell them. 
that Sandy sent you, and that's a preborn pregnancy clinics. All right, I've asked my sweetheart. Those of you to listen to my daily show know that I have a husband who's a former FBI agent, and he's my my right hand. He's half of me. He is my other half, better half. I know men say that usually about men, but since I have the public voice, I have to say that I couldn't do what I do without my sweetheart. So, Bruce Rather, retired FBI agent, thank you for joining me. Glad to be here. Hey, I'm really curious about your uh, thoughts. We talked to um, Tim Rivers and Kelly Wild and Jonathan Mellis. Uh, Kelly is the, the girlfriend, of course, of Jonathan, and Tim is kind of the heartbeat of all the things that are happening uh, to help rescue these J6ers. Just what what, what stru- st- stood out at, to you? Well, what, what really c- comes out to me is the character and the greatness, really, of these guys. Because if you'd read the media, you would think that these people languishing in the gulag there in D.C. were a bunch of low-rents, um, uh, terrorist, fascist, whatever... Uh, derogatory term can be uh, applied, it's applied. And what you find, actually, is it's the total opposite. Many of these people are veterans. They have, uh, they love their country. They're employed. They're family men. Uh, a lot of them run businesses. They run businesses. Yeah. Everything that we talk about, is they, they're people of faith. Everything that we tell our kids to strive to be, it seems to be what these guys are. I think that's a very accurate description based on my interaction with them, too. It's amazing, Bruce. They're just, uh, like we hear Jonathan Mellis, sounds so capable, competent. And he's, here he is. I don't know if people understand, but now we have videos of that tunnel that day. Uh, the tunnel was used to show by, uh, our, by the, our ideological opponents how horrible the J6ers were. But as we saw more videos of that day, we saw, for instance, we saw that policewoman, the black policewoman from... D.C. Metro Police beating and beating and beating someone. You can see it. Yeah. Uh, and it's a woman named Roseanne Boylan, and we see other video of her in the crowd at other earlier times. I'm guessing she was probably in her 40s, single gal, a little bit heavy, kind of went, dressed kind of quirky. Well, it looked like a real threat, you know, like she was really going to storm the Capitol. And she just gets caught in this tunnel, and it's just tossed by the crowd because it became a, a tra- like a death trap. And she was... Uh, she ended up being trampled and then beaten by this female policeman, and she did die of her injuries. And so Jonathan and several of the other guys that I've interviewed who are in the D.C. jail, maybe all of them, uh, are being held and charged with the worst kind, you know, assaulting a police officer when they tried to get uh, the female policeman off of Roseanne, realizing that she was beating her. Uh, And uh, what are your thoughts about that? My thoughts as a former law enforcement person, uh, no one is more supportive of the police, I don't believe, than I am. But you have to call it the way you see it. Uh, as an FBI agent, I did civil rights cases wh- where uh, officers were alleged to have used excessive force on people. And all but one case, I always found in favor of the officer because uh, what would always uh, come out to me is that they actually went above and beyond what they needed to do before they used whatever force they used. So I am definitely a an ally of the police. But when I saw what happened on January 6th, you have to be honest with yourself. And a lot of those officers went way, way, way beyond what was necessary force or if any force was even needed. I think a lot of these people uh, were just singled out that were uh, arrested or were beaten. And uh, there was no probable cause, no reasonable suspicion to do what was done to them. 
And you know, the distressing thing, we touched on this talking with Tim and also with Callie, Jonathan's girlfriend. The jailers in the D.C. jail are a nation of Islam guards, and they do hate for all kinds of reasons. These white former veterans, uh, they hate them, these Americans. Uh, and so they have beaten them mercilessly, and they have actually, uh, some have been assaulted and injured, one lost their eye, and there are other stories that I can't even uh, in this moment, remember, but it has been horrific treatment, just inexcusable. Could you explain as an attorney what pretrial detention means and why this is so wrong? Well, the uh, pretrial detention is governed by the Bail Act of 1984, and there are specific reasons that someone can be t- detained without bail, but it has to rise to the level of a felony or um uh, actually, the, the standard is you cannot be held with, without bail unless you are being held because you are a danger to the community's safety. And most of these people have been charged with misdemeanors like trespassing, parading, things like that. Uh, the, about the only people that are normally denied any kind of bail in the federal system are people either uh, being held for murder uh, or for certain terrorist acts. I mean, people that have committed hate crimes, bank robberies, kidnappings, frauds, they're all at least given a chance at bail. Uh, this is amazing to me that these people are being detained. And if you read the charging documents that have been used to detain them, if you really get down to it, basically uh, a lot of them, uh, if you cut through it, it's thought police type things that these people had the audacity to believe that the 2020 election was stolen or was not on the up and up. And that's the wrong kind of thinking to the Justice Department, and that's why they're in jail. Well, and I should add, too, before, while these guys were then in their legal process, many of them had to recant, literally, like Martin Luther on trial, uh, you know, before the tribunal Uh, He needed to recant that he believed he could be saved by faith and not by works. They wanted him to recant that or be killed. They have asked these guys and women, some women, to recant their belief that the January, that the uh, 2020 presidential election was wrongly decided. And further, they have to to renounce and recant some of their more fervent patriotic views. And some of them have done it. They've signed documents in order to get out of the entanglement. And so this is, this is the links to which they're going. Uh, let me just say that this is an issue uh, that's not going away, and we're not going to leave it. In fact, on this podcast, we will be uh, interviewing members of the J6 community, more prisoners from jail, more of their family members, uh, more people involved in this uh, as we go along. That's going to be a frequent topic of, um, of conversation. Uh, and I, wanna, I need to give you some practical, uh, practical information about the podcast. Bruce, are we having fun yet? We are. Okay, good. I'm just checking. <laughs> I am. I okay, good. <laughs> oh, my heart will. Yeah, I will calm down eventually. But I want to explain a few things, uh, if I could. Because this is a podcast, and that means it's not live, but it will air in a timely fashion. Um, uh, there is a phone number set up where you can call and leave a question or comment. And I am going to do a show. Bruce Knight will join. to If you have questions or comments about anything you've heard or about anything, really, if we can answer it, 
There is a phone number where you can call and leave that. We'll we're going to we can't use everyone. Maybe we will right away. The two of you who call, no, but we won't be able to use all the calls just as we can't take all of them in live radio. Uh, but if you call 662-821-2040, 662-821-2040, uh, you can leave a message and we will choose the ones that we can answer, we'll play them on the air, on the air during the show, and respond to them. So that way we can have some great interaction with you. If you have your pets already, there's a few other things I want to share with you. Um, you can uh, email me at the same address as my live radio show, which is uh, which I'm not now in, in the flesh hosting, but it's sandy at AFR.net, sandy at AFR.net, if you have a, a question or a comment that you want to put in writing, and let me just say that this is uh, this podcast is on the AFR.net platform. Uh, some of you may be listening through Spotify or Apple. I'm not sure what. Whatever your podcast platform, we are we are we are there. We are there. Wherever it is, we are there. And uh, also, we have a website, SandyRios.com, where you can find lots of information as we go along. We'll kind of uh, work out the kinks where we'll. Uh, we'll be um, uh, putting things online that you can read. But sandyrios.com will have all kinds of information about appearances, the show, and all of that. And you can find us, of course, on Getter. Like we, toward the end of the live radio show, we uh, moved toward Getter because Twitter was still such a nightmare of, um, of uh, yeah, of censorship. But we are back on Twitter, and we, will, we are on Facebook as well, and all the other uh, social media platforms you can find us. So, <laughs> okay. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that exciting information? But it's necessary. And so there you go. The number again, we'd, I'd love to hear your voice. That would be great. 662-821-2040. And uh, we, will, we might just put you on the air, and then we'll respond to your questions. So that's, uh, that's the end of Podcast One, Sandy Rios, and Bruce, rather, my sweet husband. Thank you, honey. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's been my pleasure. I think I'll keep you. Well, I think I will keep you. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks thanks for listening and thanks for joining us joining us on the maiden voyage of Sandy Rios 24/7.